0: Wake up, wake up, get up, yo, how y'all doing, I hope you're having a good day, I hope you're feeling well, I hope you're ready to get out there and get shit done, yeah favorite podcast thoughts about it yeah the United podcast yeah finally 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 I've been talking about it all week uh, maybe some of last week too the interview that I did with yeah about that podcast is up and available you can go over to www.nopleasedontpodcast.com slash YAT or you can just go over to real yeah Ca- real uh yeah cast on instagram that's real y-a-t-c-a-s-t for the yeah about that podcast and click that link check out that interview and tell me what you think those were bars i wasn't even trying but yeah great interview i listened to it to myself actually and i honestly rarely listen to uh, my own content because i don't like the sound of my voice but Whatever, it's a dope uh episode though. Uh shout out to Yeah About That Podcast, shout out to Baco and his bro over there. I can't really think his name right now. Apologies, brother, but yeah, y'all go check those guys out. Now something that was brought to my attention yet another armored truck flew open, busted open in the back, and the cash fell out. According to the reports, around a hundred and $75,000 flew out the back of a armored car on 285 here in Atlanta. Now, why the hell am I never going down 285 when this happens? So, video is all out. Of course, somebody had to jump out and record video of everybody out there gathering up the money and then posting on social media. So, video is out of all these people out there grabbing up money, you know, collecting it, jumping in their cars and leaving and of course the authorities are asking for people to return this money if you've got any of the money or you may face charges may is a it's is, is heavy on the may in you facing charges because unless they got a tag number or you know you've got some type of record to where an officer or one of the investigators just recognize you somebody turns you in it's a very low probability that they'll uh, be able to find out who you are and get that money returned but someone questioned me and they asked me DeVille DeVille if you had jumped out on 285 would you get that money back or would you keep it now first of all does DeVille look like a jackass I'll ask you again does DeVille look like a jackass if I took the time Just park my car on the side of the highway, risk getting ran over, risk the police pulling up and catching me in the act of actually picking up this money. You think I'm giving that damn money back? Nope. That money's good, it's gone, you can wrap that up. It's OVO for that money right there if the Di had his hands on it. Now, what the VILDI may have done was, you know, let's say I scooped up around 10 bands around, $10,000 $10,000 or something like that, I might stroll up in there with a thousand, hit them off with a hot stack and be like, yeah, this is the money I got off the side of the highway, because just to cover myself, you know, in case I was on that video or they got my tag number or something, i will go drop off a smooth thousand, like, yeah, this is what I got, because even if they did see me doing it, there's no way in the hell that they're going to be able to uh, prove that I took more or less than whatever I meant to taking, so I might go drop him off a hot little band and go on about my damn business now. There was one, at least one young man who made it to social media, who turned in some money. It was was like a, it looked like a lot of money. It might not have even been a lot of money, but he turned it in. And I know the Peppermint Committee is like, DeVille, DeVille, it's your civic duty to turn that money in. I get it. I get what you're saying, but, you know, sometimes you got to risk it for the biscuit. <laughs> I do not work for the arm card company. I don't work for the bank. Neither do I work for the authority. So at the least, at the least what the D. I. did, would have done was just mind this damn business and drove right on past and not even got out and got the money. More likely than not, that's what I would have did. I probably would just roll by and be like, damn, I should get some of the money. But I'm more likely than not just knowing me Knowing myself, I probably wouldn't have stopped my car and got out in the first place. But if I did, if it was one of those days, if I was having one of those days and I stopped my car and got out on 285 and risked getting ran over and going to jail, they're definitely not getting that money back, or at least not all of it. I need to find this fee. I don't work for free, fellas, and I don't suggest that you work for free either. So, I mean, they got to pay what they owe. You owe me for my time, my effort. and has to pay for getting that money back. No way in hell I hand all that money back. But let's keep the show rolling. Twitter. I was on Twitter and I saw a tweet. Of course you saw a tweet, The You're on Twitter. Relax. I got a story to tell. So there's a young lady posted that she went to one of those. I don't know if this what is a unisex, bisexual, one of those restrooms that everybody's allowed to, to use, right? And, um a male female cold, sexual restroom, whatever. She says she went into one and she was using the restroom, right? And two guys came up. One guy, I guess they were entering all about the same time. And she's saying that one guy came right on in, did his thing, you know, washed his hands and got up out of there. And the second guy stood outside and waited for her to um Wait for her to use the bathroom and everything and then leave and then he went in and used the restroom and she said that the second guy was res- respectful in doing that and that she had never felt uh, uh, damn, what's the word that she? I don't know the word that she used but she felt disrespected because the, the, uh, the first guy actually came in and used the restroom so I'm going to have to assume that this was one of those open restroom where there was like multiple toilets or maybe it's, since it's a co restroom there's probably some toilets probably some urinals in there it's meant for more than one person to use the restroom at one time so someone responded to this tweet and they said that the first guy respected you because he tweeted, he treated you like an equal and he came in and he respected your right to use the restroom he used the restroom and he went on about his business and she said the second guy respected you by respecting you as a woman and waited outside for you to use the restroom. So, what does the bill think about this situation? I think that that Twitter user that made that comment was a freaking genius because at the moment you decide to use this restroom. I've seen one of these restrooms. Where was I at when I saw this? It was, I was at Atlanta Motor Speedway. I was at Atlanta Motor Speedway and I walked up and I saw a restroom and it had a man and a woman on it. And then they had, on the right side, it was a woman's restroom. And on the left side, it was a men's restroom. So I didn't go into the cold restroom, I went to the men's room. But at the moment that you decide that you're gonna use a restroom that both sexes can use, and you go in, especially if you go in and you notice that this is a this is not a single person restroom If it was a single person restroom wouldn't be a problem because you go in you lock the door nobody else can come in anyway but once you the moment you walk in and you realize this restroom is designed for more than one person to use it at the same time and you know that both sexes are allowed to use this restroom at the same time then You've made a decision that uh, if a guy comes in here and takes a leak, he comes in here and take a, takes a leak. Because in and, and doing that, like the young man said, he was respecting your right to use the restroom. You have to respect his right to use the restroom too. You can't have it both ways. You can't have the cake and eat the cake because if you eat the cake, then you don't have no cake. And if you have cake, you can't eat it because once you ate it, the cake is gone. You can't have it both ways you're gonna decide that, that you want and I'm not saying that she was an advocate for these kind of restrooms but once you decide to use that knowing that somebody else can come in there with you um, you've made a decision to deal with that situation and you can't expect people to be like oh no I'm just gonna wait there's a lady in there that's not what the restroom was designed for that's why there's multiple stalls that's why there's multiple urinals this restroom was designed for multiple people of both sexes to use at the same time and he used it functionally if you don't want a guy to come in there you don't want a girl to come in there when you're using it if you're a guy then use the men's room or use the ladies room because there's always options that's one beautiful thing about the age that we live in now we always we all have options there's always multiple options i've never seen a restroom where it was just strictly a co-sexual restroom. I've seen family restrooms. I've seen the co-sex restrooms. I've seen, and then of course, you know, the men and the women restrooms. You have choices. If you decide, whatever restroom you decide you to use, then you know what you're gonna have to deal with if you use it. Even if you get to looking into the transgender community if you're a woman who identifies as a man and you decide you're gonna use the men's restroom would you expect men to not come in the restroom no because you look at yourself like a man you identify as a man same thing with the man man who a transgender man if I say that right maybe a man who identifies as a woman if he goes into the woman's restroom You're not going to expect the women to stay out there. You got to accept the fact that women probably going to come in there. And basically what I'm trying to say is you're making a decision. You have options. You're making a decision. You decide to use a restroom where men and women can use. And you realize that it's a multi-person restroom. And you decide that's where you're going to use it. And a guy comes in, takes a leak. A lady comes in, takes a dump. Whatever happens, you feel me? You got to deal with it. You made that decision. Live with it. Don't be part of the government committee. We're going to keep this show rolling, but you know what? it is time to take a little break. And then we'll get right back into it. She wanted to go to Michael's, you know, the craft store because she's an artist and she wanted to get, uh, I think she wanted to get some markers or something like that. I don't know. She didn't really ask for anything. She just kind of walked around and looked. But before that, we decided to stop and get some lunch. So I know that she loves red lobster and the bay biscuits and the pasta. She's really into the shrimp, whatever pasta. That they show, that they sell. She went in there and she got a shrimp trio. I got a nice little admiral's feast. Yes, I do eat shrimps and crabs and lobsters and bottom feeders and whatever else the hell I want to eat. So while we were sitting there, we were talking, uh, and somehow we started talking about naps. And she said she doesn't like naps. She says that naps ruin your day. You know, they throw your, they throw your, your, uh, your day off. And that she said that she feels like people take naps to just kill time. You know, people take naps just to when they don't have anything you know, better to do. And she knows me and she knows that her dad is not a napper. But I always say that I don't take naps, but I will fall asleep. Or I'll go to sleep. So she asked the question, being 11 years old and curious as a, a kitten. She says, so dad, what's the difference between going to sleep taking a nap and this is what I this was my response this is how I explained to her and y'all tell me if y'all think this makes sense if y'all feel me or if it's just dumb right? burp so uh, the way I explained it was basically what I was saying was naps are intentional, intentional and going to sleep is unintentional so what I meant by that and I, I explained it to her the same way If I'm laying on the couch Watching TV And I start dozing I'm not going to fight it I'm, I'm going to go to sleep Because that means I'm tired or, And my body is seeking is asking for rest So I'll go to sleep But To me napping is when Someone Intentionally just says I'm going to go take a nap That's a nap I fell asleep on the couch I fell asleep on the couch Which equals That I did in a, uh, Take a nap But I didn't though Because I fell asleep See If I <laughs> If I fall asleep I didn't mean to So I'll probably miss something Or be late for something Or, or you know uh, Wake up and be like Oh man I was supposed to do this I was supposed to do that Well, DeVille Why didn't you do it? I fell asleep you take a nap you mean to so you probably already have told yourself you know um i'm gonna take a 20 minute nap i'm gonna take an hour nap whatever and you you know you set your alarm you're preparing yourself to uh take a nap that's what the difference to what the difference is to meet people intentionally take naps so you know you get a good meal um take a nap come home from work yeah before i do this i'm gonna take a nap whatever case may be take me a nap before i go to the club My brother does that. My brother does that a lot. He'll, if we're going out on the night, he's had an early day. He's like, yeah, take me a power nap before we go out. Whatever. Whatever is clever. But I don't take naps. I fall asleep. I don't, I do not, I never, I never, well, of course you can't never say, say never, say never. It is very rare that I just intentionally in the middle of the day just lay down and say I'm going to take a nap. If I took a nap, I fell asleep. If you walk into my house at 2 o'clock in the afternoon and you see me sleep, it wasn't on purpose. That's basically what I, the point that I was trying to make. But sometimes, I guess you need those naps. You need that recharging. A nap is supposed to, you know, give you a boost of energy. But a lot of times, it's counterproductive. you take that nap and you wake up feeling worse than you did before. Or you take that nap and then now, you can't sleep that night because you're full of energy because you're so well rested when i miss out on sleep i generally just try to ride it out the whole rest of that day and then you know i'll go to sleep at a reasonable time that night and get that uh that sleep in because you can never really catch up on sleep if you see this is the thing about sleep your body your body is going to adjust to whatever amount of sleep that you give it that's why some people can run on four or five hours of sleep is not that they're really just built to run on four or five hours of sleep. It's the fact that they've created a habit of running on four or five hours of sleep. So now their body just responds. That's the amount of sleep that it expects. That's the that's the functional amount of sleep that your body has adjusted to because that's what you give it. Because people like to say, "I'm gonna catch up on sleep." You can't never catch up on sleep. You can get some rest. But you'll never catch up on sleep that you miss. Cause so let's say uh, you had a long week. Friday ro- rolls around. So Friday comes, you sleep until noon. You know, Saturday uh, you sleep until noon. Sunday morning, Monday when you when you get ready to when you're trying to wake up for work. Your body's now expecting for you to sleep until noon. That's one of the reasons why we're so groggy and dragging on Monday. A lot of us who like to do that sleep in thing on the weekend because your body you've you, you told your body for two days that we're gonna sleep until noon. And because you know that pattern, your sleep pattern will change, will adjust real quickly. You've told you you've told your body, I'm sleeping till noon, so more than likely you've stayed up later because you slept till noon. And then that second day, you're gonna sleep, you sleep till noon. And now you're trying to force yourself to sleep at 9, 10 PM for the early bird so that you can get up and beat rush hour traffic. And your body's like, no, I don't wanna go to sleep. Then you finally fall asleep. And then five o'clock in the morning runs around and you're like, wake up and your body's like, what happened? What the hell happened to sleep in the noon? It'll throw you the hell off. That's why um, I do it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Because if I don't have to work, I'm already a 2, 2.30 a.m. type of person. And it doesn't bother me. On a regular basis, I stay up till like 2 o'clock in the morning. And then I'll get up and still be at work by 8, 8.30. And I'm good for that day. I'm good. I've noticed, though, that any time that I start working, before 8 o'clock, I'm I'm trash. I'm useless. I might as well not even have showed up. It's just it's pointless for me to be there today. My stomach feels uneasy. A lot of times, y'all might not want to hear it, but I'm gonna tell you a lot of times I get diarrhea when I wake up real early. Anybody else experienced that? Yeah. I get diarrhea, I don't really have an appetite, and then I get extremely hungry, probably around 9-9.30. I'll get extremely hungry, then I'll eat. Then the time that I normally eat lunch will come around. I won't want anything to eat. My body, it's just, it's its not good for me. It's not good for me. And there was actually a study done. There goes the view talking about those studies that he can never prove. That's why we got Google people. It's 20 down 19. I ain't gonna sit here and cite every freaking thing. I tell you, use your own brains and your Wi Fi and look some stuff up. But there are some people that say that it is not good for the body. To start work before 10 a.m. and there's actually in um the east the east eastern hemisphere there's actually some countries where um well, I don't know if the whole countries are doing there's some places in the eastern hemisphere where they've adjusted their the school schedules for the children to where school doesn't where school starts later so that the children don't have to get up so early because, you know, grim sleeping this and this and that and go look up the study for yourself, damn it. But yeah, that's what it is. But y'all didn't come here for that, did you? Y'all came here for some discipline and that's exactly what I'm gonna give you. Discipline for the day, your network, your networking, your network. People always talking about your network, your network, your network. But a lot of people don't have really any type of value network i read a post on facebook from a friend of mine who served four years in, in prison and you know once he was released he came out got him a regular nine to five uh, um you know non-skilled labor type of job and a friend of his came along and offered him a job and he told him about you know i got stuff on my record it's gonna be cool and he's like yeah if they ask me about it I'm going to vouch for you. If you want this job, I'm going to give this job, and I'm going to make you the boss. I'm going to make you the supervisor. That is the type of person that you want in your network. A lot of people make the, the make the uh, uh, dang what I was getting to say. A lot of people make the mistake of just trying to get around people that are in a position, but they don't realize that you're not networking with them they're uh, searching for another customer and you you're looking at it as you're networking i met this guy he's got this going on i'm trying to see he's a lawyer i'm trying to see you know get get in his circle to see what kind of opportunities hanging around him can get me how we can help each other and he's looking at you like a, a potential client you meet this guy and he's a real estate agent he's looking at you potential client a lot of us do that instead of because we network with people that are already so many levels above us and this whole different bracket of success where to the point where we normally can't really do anything that will be beneficial to them so we're already going into the We're already going into into the situation unequally yoked. And they're looking at you as, you know, they're already looking at you like there's it's nothing this dick dude can do for me. So he's either a client or he's somebody that's looking for me to do something for him. We need to start networking with people who are more on our scale. Look up those people in college. You're graduating class. That's the whole purpose. Of fraternities and sororities Is to build a group of people That you're gonna in the world with That you can grow with and build with And they can hand you opportunities And you can hand them opportunities You want to be around people So that one day Because the goal is to one day To benefit each other I want to be able to one day be going out And, and let's say uh, I've been getting real interested In these multifamily homes These duplexes and fourplexes Considering purchasing one of those uh, to lease out to people, and I want to get into the, to the position where I can say, uh, "Well, look, bro, I'm about to buy this house, and I'm gonna I'm gonna buy it. I'm gonna do this and this and that, and then I'm, I'm gonna sell it in whatever amount of time is. Now, if you want to, you can throw a couple dollars in on this, not needing his money, but just giving him." That opportunity to, hey, put this money in and when I sell it, we're going to make this and uh, this will be your profit just to get them a leg up. I want to put myself and be around people that are in the position to say, hey, I see what you're doing, what you show. It's great. It's dope. Uh, when you are going to do whatever? Expand. And I lay out the plan that this is what I'm planning to do. Just trying to raise up that capital and, and, and that person can say, well, you know what? Here you go. Here's a couple dollars. Do what you need to do and just get back with me. Because that is something that I realized from having a conversation with people that foreigners, uh, uh, foreigners who come into the country, immigrants that come into the com- com- country and start businesses, that is something they'll, they'll do. They'll build one business. You know, pull their resources together, open this business. They'll all work in that business. They'll get to a, a, a certain financial status, and then they'll say, "Okay, Omar, it's your turn now. We're gonna open you one." And then you know that they open up that second location, and then some of the people from that first location will go in there. And they'll work. And they'll build up that location, and then they'll say, "Okay, Todd." It's your turn and then they'll open up that personal location. That's why if you ever notice you go into, as you travel around your city, you'll go to from corner store to corner store and you'll see the same people that you saw in the other corner store in that one because they're all connected. Whether they're Indian, African, uh, Scottish, whatever, whoever, Italian, you'll see these same people. You bump into these same people at different locations And you're thinking that one guy owns all of these stores or all of these restaurants. But really, all of these restaurants are owned by individuals in that group who have gotten together and uh, built their own community to service and help each other and pour uh, funds and cash into each other's ventures. Instead of them having to go to a bank and try to get a loan from the bank, you get the money from your partner. Take this information, use it however you will, but remember to be the real somebody's motivated to masturbate today. Either way, you made a difference, my friend. Now get out there and get shit done. Thank you all for tuning in to the Field Di Thoughts by the Field Di Podcast. Love each and every last one of y'all. I'm out of here, man. Peace.